Hi there, I'm Randa Abdel-Fattah from ThruLine. If you're listening to this podcast, you know that KQED produces exceptional storytelling that keeps you informed, inspired, and entertained. Their podcasts cover issues from your neighborhood to the entire country and everything in between. Support this work today. You can help us continue to bring quality podcasts to your ears. Just head to donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. From KQED. Good morning, everyone. Olivia Allen Price here. If you caught our two episodes last week, you know that we are in the middle of Bay Curious Prop Fest, a 12-part series that explores the propositions on the California ballot. Last week, we went through Prop 14, a bond to fund stem cell research, and Prop 15, which would affect property tax assessments for commercial real estate. If you missed those, go check out the Bay Curious podcast feed. This week, we'll continue onward down the list of props, starting right now. Did you know that public entities are banned from using affirmative action in California? Proposition 16 would overturn that ban. On your ballot, it reads like this. Proposition 16 permits government decision-making policies to consider race, sex, color, ethnicity, or national origin to address diversity. Today on the show, we'll look back to when the state first banned using these categories, race, sex, ethnicity, for hiring and admissions decisions, and learn how Prop 16 could bring them back. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company, still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, it's Olivia Allen Price, host of Bay Curious, the podcast. KQED Podcasts wants to thank listeners like you, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you want to help us continue to make great content, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcasts. And thanks. KQED politics and government reporter Katie Orr joins us today to talk through Prop 16. Welcome, Katie. Hi, Olivia. At its core, Prop 16 is asking voters basically how they feel about affirmative action. And I do want to talk about that phrase, affirmative action, because we hear it thrown around a lot in politics, but I think sometimes we can forget what it actually means. So what are we talking about when we say affirmative action? So historically, there have been some groups such as women, people of color, who have been excluded from employment or educational opportunities. And so affirmative action is a practice where these specific groups are actually given preferential treatment to access those opportunities now, with the goal being uh, to give them more parity, to increase equality and diversity, and tackle lingering inequalities that we still deal with today. Okay, and Proposition 16 would repeal a ban that California has had on affirmative action for more than two decades now. Where did that ban first come from? For that, we need to go back to the 1990s. So Pete Wilson was the governor for much of that time. 
Wilson was more conservative than many California lawmakers are now, and he strongly opposed affirmative action. A lot of Californians agreed with Governor Wilson. They passed Proposition 209 in 1996. That banned the state from considering race, gender, ethnicity, things like that, when hiring, awarding contracts, and admitting students into public universities. And that law has been in place ever since. What would Proposition 16, which is what we're voting on this year, do? So Prop 16 would overturn Prop 209, meaning that the state could once again consider race and sex and ethnicity in those decisions of hiring, awarding contracts, and admitting kids into our public universities here in California. I'm really glad that you brought up university admissions because that's where we usually hear about affirmative action. What kind of impact would this prop have on California's public universities? It's really hard to say. Um, Supporters say that it would increase racial diversity at these universities, especially the top performing universities like UC Berkeley and UCLA. Critics of this proposition are worried that it could hurt some racial groups. When people hear the words affirmative action, they actually have a gut reaction related to fairness. And I spoke with Janelle Scott, who is a professor at UC Berkeley's Graduate School of Education, about this. Some people fear that they'll miss out, but they especially fear that they'll miss out because they think they deserve it, right? Whereas other people, um, they believe don't. But she also points out that the way we measure who is quote-unquote, deserving, is problematic. We're relying on measures that seem to be only merit-based, but would actually measure a whole lot of social status and social privilege. For instance, you know, somebody's grades, somebody's SATs, somebody's, you know, extracurriculars, which might speak to whether or not they deserve to be at this high-tier university, they tend to track a lot with a person's socioeconomic status. Without a kind of holistic assessment um, that takes into account, you know, um, multiple ways of measuring intelligence and competence and talent, we're left with indicators that map really neatly onto race and socioeconomic status and immigration status. Scott also points out that the Varsity Blues admission scandal and a recent state audit of UC admissions both highlight what many of us already know, that white wealthy people often find ways to get a leg up in the current system. There's been a different kind of affirmative action in place for wealthy people who have had access to preferential admissions through their wealth or or political or social connections. All right. And then beyond education, this isn't, you know, just just about education, what other public sectors are going to see impact if this passes? So one area we where we could see a big effect is state contracts. The state awards, you know, hundreds of contracts for various projects. And supporters of Prop 16 say that women and minority-owned businesses have lost out on a lot of these contracts because they don't have the same connections that, say, a firm owned by a white man might have, the same connections or the same resources. So supporters say that this could give those businesses a boost and essentially level the playing field for women and minorities. Now, Proposition 209 banned preferential treatment, which we've been talking a lot about, but it also banned discriminatory treatment. So I guess, is there risk with overturning 209? You know, could that open the door for more discrimination? 
Well, we have to keep in mind that affirmative action would not be the only law in place. There are several state laws as well as federal laws in place that uh, are meant to ensure against discrimination. And I know one other concern has been, you know, are we going to see effectively like quotas? So let's say UC Berkeley, you know, has these ideas about what the racial makeup of a class is, and they're just looking to fill those quotas. Will that come to fruition? No. Quotas are against federal law. And actually, uh, the UC Board of Regents just passed a measure reaffirming that no none of their campuses will ever use a quota system. But I will say critics of Prop 16 have expressed concerns that while we might not have a, a specific quota spelled out, they're worried that there will be some kind of secret target in mind that schools will try to fill, regardless of whether or not they're actually allowed to. And let's talk about arguments, you know, for and against Prop 16. Who is lining up in support of this so far? So the Yes on 16 campaign has drawn a lot of um, high-profile names. Uh, Kamala Harris has been supportive of it. Governor Gavin Newsom has been supportive of it. And it's really, I think, the campaign is trying to capitalize on this national conversation we've been seeing about socioeconomic uh, justice, um, race, and equity, uh, those kinds of conversations, because they have been trying, supporters of affirmative action have been trying to overturn Prop 209 basically since it was passed. So this is the moment they're really trying to seize and trying to capitalize on this attention and get that message through and finally uh, overturn the ban. And what about the opposition? The opposition to Prop 16 doesn't have the high-powered names associated with it, but their argument isn't as hard to make, though. I mean, they're on the no side of the proposition. They don't have to convince anyone to, like, change anything. It's hard to get people to change their minds on affirmative action because there's a feeling that our universities are relatively diverse without uh, an affirmative action policy in place. It had increased graduation rates for underrepresented minority students uh, because they were going to schools where their academic credentials put them in the ballpark with other students. I spoke with University of San Diego law professor Gail Harriet about this. They wanted to increase diversity, uh, but they weren't allowed to use it just in terms of race anymore. It caused the University of California to concentrate on students who are actually in need. This is lower-income students, students whose parents didn't go to college. She's concerned that if universities are once again allowed to consider race in college admissions, that's all they'll look at. They want to be able to measure disadvantage just in terms of race. Harriet's concerned that Prop 16 might actually mean state universities end up admitting more middle-class students based on race instead of those with the most need. Hmm, that's interesting. Although, I guess it's worth remembering that Prop 16 would allow race to be considered, but that doesn't mean universities would have to stop using any of these other factors, right? Yes, that's right. It would be one of the elements they would be allowed to consider in admissions. All right. What about campaign finance on this one, Katie? How's the money looking as of now? It's pretty lopsided, actually. Uh, right now, at the end of September, supporters of Prop 16 have raised $14 million, uh, whereas the opponents have raised about $1 million. All right. Well, KQD politics reporter Katie Orr, thank you. You're welcome. 
In a nutshell, a vote yes on Proposition 16 says you want to end the ban on affirmative action for public institutions in California. A vote no means you think affirmative action should continue to be banned in public employment, education, and contracting. Join us tomorrow to learn about Prop 17, which would restore voting rights for felons while on parole. In the meantime, you can find more of KQED's election coverage at kqed.org slash elections. Bay Curious is made in San Francisco at member-supported KQED. Our show is produced by Katrina Schwartz, Rob Spate, and me, Olivia Allen Price, with help from the entire KQED newsroom. See you tomorrow, everybody. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org podcast. That's donate.kqed.org podcast.